Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, October 24th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. As you can probably tell by my voice, dealing with some allergy stuff, of course. This is uh, the first day of fall allergies for me, uh, apparently. So, good to power through it. Uh, but uh, my apologies for the slight nasal nature of my voice on today's episode. Uh, on today's show, we are going to start talking about Penn State. Michigan State is hosting the Nittany Lions in the battle for the Land Grant Trophy, the greatest trophy in all of sports. Uh, this weekend, number six, I think it is, Penn State. Number six, 7-0 and Penn State uh, looking to, you know, Keep the the train moving as they head towards a uh, und- potential undefeated showdown for the Big Ten East with Ohio State. That is, you know, one of those game of the year type games. Uh, but they gotta get through Michigan State first before they can uh, start planning for that. So we're gonna talk about Penn State. Uh, talk about some things that they do well, what they don't do as well, where there might be some advantages for Michigan State. Uh, where Penn State is going to present challenges for the Spartans. And then we will uh, do that for the first couple segments. Then for the last segment, I will welcome in Kevin McGuire. Kevin is the host of Locked on Nittany Lions, the brother podcast of mine, if you will. And uh, I ask him a handful of questions, get his expertise on Penn State, their season so far, and you know just kind of how good the Nittany Lions are. So that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. A couple other of housekeeping things real quick before we get going. Uh, over at Spartans Wire, spartanswire.usatoday.com. We've, of course, got some Penn State, Michigan State preview stuff going on. But uh, every single day, we started yesterday on Wednesday, every single day of the uh, the work week, from now until the day Michigan State tips off against Kentucky in the Champions Classic, we will have a different preview post going up. So yesterday's was all of our picks for Team MVP and just a blurb about why. And today is up right now is our picks for most improved player. I'm not going to tell you who I went with. You'll have to go see that for yourself, but we're doing that. We'll have, uh, you know, X factor, sixth man, best offensive player, best defensive player, season predictions, best worst case scenario, NBA potential, uh, on and on. 10 of those uh, starting yesterday from now until the opening of basketball season. So definitely check those out. I'm also going to be putting together a mailbag here pretty soon. Maybe tomorrow, maybe today. We'll see. Maybe beginning of next week. Um, so if you want to get in on that, email me lockedonspartans at gmail.com. You can always tweet at me as well at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores. Tweet at me, DM me, send me in your questions for a Michigan State mailbag. Okay, I think that's it for housekeeping. Let's uh, start talking about those Penn State Nittany Lions. Okay, so Penn State comes into the game undefeated, 7-0, tied for first in the Big Ten East, number six in the AP poll, and 
kind of a mixed bag, uh, really, with Penn State. It's almost like, you know, the handful of times they've played teams that have pulses, they've struggled a little bit, and then they've absolutely just worked over everyone else they've played. So they, they open up Idaho 79-7, to 45-13 over Buffalo, get by Pitt 17-10, and if you remember, Pat Narduzzi uh, elected to go for a field goal on fourth and goal from the three or something with two minutes left, and the kicker missed the 22-yard field goal or whatever it was uh, instead of going for that tying touchdown. So uh, Penn State was yards away from being squared up with Pitt there right at the end of the game, so struggle there. And they just destroy Maryland in front of everybody on national TV that Friday night game, 59 nothing. They beat Purdue, a really banged up Purdue team, but beat Purdue 35-7, to uh, squeaked by Iowa on the road. It's always hard to win at Kinnick Stadium, and Iowa's got a really good defense. That was 17-12. to And then they hosted Michigan last week with the whiteout game, beat them 28-21, to got out to a 21 nothing start, was just blowing the Wolverines away. And then Michigan slowly but surely clawed their way back in before a late touchdown uh, was able to get Penn State over the tops there. So it's not uh, all that different, I don't think, from kind of what happens or what has happened under James Franklin at Penn State. A little similar to Jim Harbaugh's uh, Michigan teams. They will clown teams, absolutely destroy teams when there's a large talent discrepancy. Uh, but when the talent discrepancy is somewhat comparable, they're going to be in dogfights a lot. And, you know, Penn State's done a little bit better of a job than Michigan in terms of winning those. You remember 2016, they were able to actually win the uh, Big Ten East and, you know, come up with some big wins along the way. And they've gotten uh, their fair share, not a crazy amount, but they've they've won some big games under James Franklin at Penn State, but have kind of you know, really played second fiddle certainly to Ohio State and have been on a similar sort of playing field as Michigan State since James Franklin has taken over there and really head-to-head Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio have really owned (laughs) James Franklin's Penn State teams. So this seems to be a a pretty similar Penn State team, something you're kind of used to uh, seeing with them. They're young this year. They're talented. They've got a, a boatload of really formerly great recruits that are now turning into good players uh some experience in some key spots and that's good but you know quarterbacks a sophomore who's only played games this season they still don't have a lead running back uh they got young guys kind of littered all over uh the defense the offensive line so it's a really talented team uh but a really young team that's kind of I, i think a year away from being a fully realized version of themselves potentially, but they're still really good, still possess um, some really dangerous weapons, some impact players on both sides of the ball, and can do some things that make life really difficult on your football team. From an advanced statistical standpoint, they are the number eight team in SP+. Remember, SP plus is a tempo and opponent adjusted metric that kind of measures just, you know, how good, how efficient, um, how explosive and how good your team is at limiting opposing big plays or creating big plays um, metric. It's just a a catch-all number that sort of uh, helps solidify these rankings. And it's it's forward-looking, which means that it is predictive. It is using past results to predict sort of 
future performances. It's really good betting uh, or picking games against the spread, and it's just a really good metric. So SP plus uh, Penn State is number eight. They have the number eight offense, the number 12 defense, and the number 20 special teams. So really well balanced, which um, isn't anything, you know, different than what you're kind of used to, although this team is, uh, I think, better than some previous Penn State teams, certainly. So it's a really good team. And right now, I think they're really trying to figure out, are they a really good team or they are, 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 are they a great team? Are they a team that can compete with Ohio State, can potentially beat Ohio State, get into the college football playoff? And that's where they're at right now. And I think it's kind of a mixed bag for a number of reasons that we'll we'll start to get into in the next segment and um, Kevin will certainly talk about, but uh, just struggling to find some consistency on the offensive side of the ball, especially when they play good opponents. And that is something that has seemed to be an Achilles heel for Penn State at times over the, uh, the James Franklin era is the offense going away in big spots and so far this season, it, it has and it hasn't, and it's been a bit of a mixed bag there. So that's going to be something that we'll be certainly keying in on when these two teams square off in a couple of days here. And of course, this is the land-grant game. Like, this is huge. It's for the greatest trophy in the history of sports. Like, throw out the record books. You got no idea what's coming this weekend. Nobody knows. It could be an undefeated, perfect Penn State team and a Michigan State team that hasn't won in uh, you know, 10 weeks and you throw out the records from the land grant trophies on the line. Um, but no, it's a, it's going to be, I think a good game. I'll get into some guys to watch here for Penn state and just sort of more specifics about what they've been doing well and what they uh, need to do better if they want to, you know, beat Michigan state and, and then keep rolling and continue their run through the big 10 and attempts to you know, get themselves back to Indy, win another Big Ten, and get to the playoff this time because they, when they won the Big Ten, they missed out on the playoff, um, which was probably not great for them to uh, see that happen. So we'll do that here in just a second. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about specifically with Penn State is on the offensive side of the ball, and that is their quarterback. So Sean Clifford is a sophomore, um, pretty highly regarded recruit. Uh, I don't have his exact thing up right now, but it was a good recruit. Um, you know, obviously sat behind Trace McSorley for a little bit and was thrust into a, a little bit bigger of a role than was probably expected at this point. And, you know, he went from potentially competing for maybe getting to a starter job to like, Hey, you're the guy. <laughs> um, and that is something I think he's adjusted pretty well to. And, you know, he's completing 63% of his passes. 9.5 yards per attempt certainly sticks out. Um, and we'll talk about why that, that number is able to be that elevated. 16 touchdowns to go against two interceptions. He's been sacked 12 times. His, you know, his quarterback rating's really nice. Um, and he's just done a good job. He's a solid player. He's not fully realized, certainly, having only thrown, you know, 184 passes in his college career. Uh, He may have thrown some last year, but 184 passes in his first starting season, you know, he's just sort of working his way into this thing. But he's got, um, I think, a scheme that helps him. 
uh, and he's got players around him that really help him. Uh, we'll start with the receivers, actually, and, and the place you kind of have to start is K.J. Hamler. Um, he's their leading receiver in every respect, and there's kind of it's K.J. Hamler, and then there's a bit of a gap, but um, he's got 32 receptions for 563 yards. That's good for 17.6 per catch, uh, seven touchdowns, and he's kind of that crazy slot receiver type who somehow ends up averaging damn near 20 yards a catch because he's so explosive. Um, he's kind of like what we all hope Jalen Naylor can be if he's able to ever stay healthy for an extended period of time. He is used in all sorts of different ways. Hasn't gotten too many carries this year, like lined up end around, um, really like he's got five for 13 this year, five carries. And so I think they did that a little bit more with him last year. I could be misremembering, but they just try to get him the ball, uh, you know, as much as they can. He's getting about five catches a game which is, you know, more than the, than he's got 32 catches. The next highest is 20 catches from their tight end, Pat Fryermuth. And then they have another receiver over 15. And those are the only three players in double digits. Um, it's not a high volume <laughs> offense. It's just an explosive one. So Hamler's at 17.6 yards per catch. And, you know, he's just a really speedy guy. Uh, if you watch Penn State, Michigan, if you watch any Penn State game this year, uh, you see it. He housed that kickoff against Michigan, but it was called back for a hold. That could have ended that game uh, coming out of the half and then later had a really long touchdown. And it's just, you know, someone that at any time can, no matter where they're at on the field, can go the entire distance. And that's something Michigan State's certainly going to be aware of. And it's something that's really helped uh, Clifford a lot because, you know, he's Hamler has about half of Clifford's passing touchdowns, and it's not a surprise. Um, he's kind of their guy. And then you got Jahan Dotson behind him. He's only got 15 catches, but he's got 298 receiving yards. That is 19.9 yards per catch. Uh, three touchdowns for him. Another deep threat. Tight end Pratt Fire, Pat Fryermuth, I mentioned, 20 catches for 231 yards. It's 11.6. 11.6 yards per catch for a tight end. Uh, then their other tight end, Nick Bowers, is five catches and is averaging 27.2 <laughs> yards per catch. Does have a 55-yard catch. But, like, there are here, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine guys. Nine guys on their team have a reception of 20 yards or longer. That is crazy. They've got, you know, Hamler 58, Dotson 72, Fryermuth 28, Bowers 55, Journey Brown, a running back, 37. Ricky Slade, another running back, 40. Like, it's an explosive offense that likes to take deep shots, and they do a really good job at it. And just watching the Michigan game, it was like they were going deep, going deep, attacking the perimeter deep or like early and often, and that was able to create some running room for them, and things were just rolling. And then they stopped doing it. They really slowed down and, and stopped throwing the ball deep uh, as much. And then Michigan was able to claw their way back into it. And Penn State then threw deep again, and it worked. And, you know, when they are doing that, when they're an aggressive offense and attacking and using a deep pass to set up a run, they can be really good because they've got a good group of dynamic pass catchers and a guy in Clifford who has shown the ability to just get the ball out there to them with good enough accuracy to, to make the play. What's really interesting with Penn State right now in offense is uh, they're rotating four running backs um, for the most part. Noah Kane is going to be the lead guy, I think. He's got the most carries. 
Um, but he's got 62, 5.3 yards per carry, six touchdowns. I know that he's the guy that the fans like there the most, that it seems like it should be his job. But Journey Brown's gotten 40 carries this year. Devin Ford has 31 carries, and Ricky Slade has 31 carries. Um, and, you know, Noah Kane's 5.3 a carry. Journey Brown is 6.5. Devin Ford is 7. And Ricky Slade is 3.5, uh, despite having a 44-yard touchdown run. Um, so... You're going to see a stable of backs, and I would think Noah Kane would get the most work. Uh, it seems like they do kind of a hot hand situation, but it's something that is a bit mystifying. Um, but I guess if you've got enough guys and can strum together different you know, rotations and you've got Kane taking the majority of carries and then you're working in other guys who have different roles, you know, if it all works out and everybody's good, that's great, but... You know, at some point, you'd think one of these guys is going to kind of settle in as the lead guy, and it looks like it's going to be Noah Kane. Um, and he's just a good player, uh, fast, powerful Penn State guy. Like they have, they just recruit really well at running back, and they get really talented players, and they just kind of churn it through the system. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit of a mystery how they've handled it. Uh, but Noah Kane is their best back, and I would expect to see the most of uh, him. This Saturday, yeah, the, the weird thing with, with Penn State is they've got, you know, seemingly all the pieces. They've got a quarterback who's coming along, talented and coming along and, and can do some things, can do some stuff in the run game certainly as well. Um, he's run it like 58 times if you exclude sacks for, I think, over five yards of carry Clifford has. So he can keep it different type of runner than Trace McSorley. I think he's more powerful type guy. Um, but certainly can keep it on the zone read. Zone read's still a huge part of their offense. A uh, bunch of good running backs that are explosive playmakers and some really good downfield aggressive playmaking pass catchers. Uh, but they just can't seem to find some consistency, um, especially against, well, really exclusively against good teams. Like they can light up Maryland. They can light up Buffalo and Idaho. Uh, but 17 against Iowa, 28 against Michigan is a nice score. But man, they were rolling Came out of the gates, 21-0, whiteout environment at Happy Valley, one of the toughest spots to play, and Penn State came out flying and then didn't move the ball an inch outside of one drive the rest of the game. Um, and it's just been a lot of that for Penn State, and I think it ultimately that will be what keeps them from being uh, a team that can push Ohio State is that inconsistency on offense, and I think a lot of it is because they're young and they're still sort of figuring things out. So maybe you know this might be the last chance for a couple of years where Penn State or Michigan State can get Penn State because they're going to start to you know really stitch things together here and, and have some experience to go along with their talent. Um, but you know they're they're good and they're just a little bit inconsistent at this time and I think that's why you're seeing the the spread what it is, uh, especially with Michigan State coming off a bye and Penn State coming off that emotional win. You know, it's a tough spot for a young, still young team to go on the road and have to battle a defense that, despite a couple games not going so well, uh, still has a lot of good players and can still do a lot of things. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting. On the other side of the ball, uh, Penn State's defense is just flat really good. <laughs> uh, I know their offense is a better SP+, plus, but I think it is being propped up a little bit by their performances against some of the bad teams. 
Uh, whereas their defense, I think, is like their offense, if it fell to 20, somewhere in there, I wouldn't be surprised. And if their defense kind of hung right around where they are at 12, I wouldn't be surprised as well. I think their defense can really keep them in games when their offense is having one of those days where they're just trying to figure things out and maybe are getting off to a slow start or something along those lines. And their defense can really kind of hang in there for them. They get after the passer a ton. Uh, They've got really good players all over, similar to the offense, young, but very talented. Um, Maybe not so great in the linebacker area, and Kevin McGuire uh, will get more in-depth into this, Um, but that front is absolutely nasty for Penn State. Um, They've got uh, Gross Matos, who is going to be a first-round pick, a top-ten type pick, um, who's got five-and-a-half sacks on the season. Uh, Shaka Tony has five and a half sacks as well. Robert Windsor, uh, an interior guy, has uh, a handful of sacks and a bunch of tackles for a loss. Um, you know, Micah Parsons is a good player, is the guy, sort of their Joe Bocci, if you will, their leading interior tackle guy. But, um, you know, where they make their hay is on the defensive line for sure. And they've got two really outstanding defensive ends that are, are going to see a lot of time this week and just with Michigan State what they've been uh, doing at tackle this year with the injuries and the inconsistent play from anyone who's played at tackle this year it's a spot where Michigan State really can't afford to get behind uh, against the the rush of Penn State because they will be able to get pressure with four especially from the edges and if that's you know if that happens it'll end up like the second half of the Ohio State game where they're just able to pin their ears back go after Lewerke and he's just not going to have any time to be able to do anything with it. So it's a really good defense led by an outstanding front and some really talented players all over the place. Like I said, a little bit young and inexperienced, uh, but certainly very talented and very good, performing very well and look to be, you know, on in line to sort of continue that, you know, handful of shutouts, um, holding teams that they should hold to seven points, you know, held Iowa to 12, Michigan scoring 21 is interesting um, that they were, you know, Michigan wasn't able to move the ball at all. And then they were able to find some room. Um, But I still uh, respect this defense a lot. And I think it's going to be, you know, a a path to victory for Michigan state is (laughs) a rock fight, 17, 14 rock fight. What you were hoping for against Wisconsin, that is the, uh, the kind of appropriate path to victory for Michigan State because it's just tough to have a, a ton of confidence in the Spartan offense right now. All right, we're going to have Kevin join us here for a second. Kevin McGuire, host of Locked on Nittany Lions. He'll give us much more information about what to expect with Penn State. So we'll do that here in just a hot second. But I need to real quickly, of course, tell you guys about Roman Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Get complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That is GetRoman.com slash locked. All right, I'm very excited to have our next guest on is Kevin McGuire. Kevin is the host of the Locked On Nittany Lions, my brother podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Writes for a million different sites about college football. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Kevin, how are you doing? Thanks so much for making time for us today. 
Well, I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here, very happy to be here and be a part of this network and uh, getting a chance to branch out and talk to some of the other hosts of the show. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, you're our first actual crossover episode. I've gotten different people for different shows, but you're the first for this year, the first Locked On host to join the show. Um, So excited for that. Let's talk about this Penn State team. Um, My first question is, how good are they? Because they're undefeated. And they've really handled some lower teams, but they've um, not struggled, but had some games that were probably a little bit closer than they would have liked, especially Pitt um, comes to mind. The Michigan game, they're up big. Michigan comes back. This seems to be they're playing some close games. So, like, I know they're good, but just how good are the Nittany Lions? Yeah, honestly, that's the biggest question I had about this team after that win against Michigan, because I do feel like this team is very good, but I don't think they're in that elite status where, where we're talking about teams like Alabama, LSU, mm-hmm. Ohio State, and Clemson. I feel like they're they're still at least one rung on the ladder away from that, and they still have to prove it, and they'll most likely get a chance to prove that against Ohio State. Obviously, they have to take care of some other business, but I feel like defensively, they're really good. Offense, yeah. offense is going to be a little up and down. And, you know, They've got big play potential, but they don't have consistency, and that's one of the biggest problems they have had this season in those games that you mentioned and most notably just this past weekend against Michigan they got out to an early 21 nothing lead in the second quarter and then they just you know kind of ran into a wall and you know I'm going to give credit to Michigan for the way that they played in that game but you know a, a really great team is going to have to keep the, the foot on the pedal a little bit more and I think Penn State's still trying to learn how to do that yeah tell me a little bit more about that offense because they've got some guys you know KJ Hamler uh, Noah Kane they've got some real explosive playmakers Penn State always does why are they struggling to find consistency uh, this year what has been you know going on on that side of the ball. You can say that there's probably some play calling issues, uh, you know, especially you know once they get out to a lead, you know, it does seem like they slow down a little bit for whatever reason. But I, I honestly, I feel like it really goes go back to the fact that they have some young players that are still kind of uh, evolving a little bit. You know, Sean Clifford's mm-hmm. a really good quarterback, and he's, he's showing a lot of skill. But you know, he's still a sophomore; he's still kind of learning how to be the leader of the team. And you know, I think he's he's embracing the leadership role. He may not have the stats, but I, I still feel like there's room to grow there. And of course, when you replace a, a guy that's been starting at, for the program for the last, what, three years, it's mm-hmm. not always an easy transition, but I, I do feel like, you know, Sean Clifford's still kind of growing and you know, learning to adapt to some of the adversity he's going to have to face. And in the running game, you know, they've got a lot of good young running backs, but they haven't really had one guy that is, clearly been the number one guy. Noah Kane seemed like he was going to be that guy. His production was a little down against Michigan. You know, they didn't quite go to him quite as often, but um, you know, that's still a position that as a whole, it's pretty good, but they don't really have the one guy that they, they, they know that they can trust on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's going to be uh, very interesting to watch because Michigan State uh, can do some things defensively, and and one thing you can pretty much always rely on is they're going to do a good job stopping the run. So that's certainly a really interesting matchup to watch. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Penn State on defense, um, 21 is the most they've given up uh, in, in a game, and that was last week. And you know Michigan has some guys; they were bound to sort of put some stuff together. But you know, 12 against Iowa, seven shutout Maryland, 10 pit you know, go on down the line. This is a really good defense. What have they been doing to just make it really difficult for opponents to move the ball on them? 
Well, for Penn State, it really does start up front with the defensive line. They've got some guys that are really good at creating pressure. You know, Yador Grossmatos, the defensive mm-hmm. end, he's just racking up sacks once again this year. Shaka Tony also at the other defensive end position. Uh, they each have five and a half sacks coming into this game. And then they've also got a guy at defensive tackle, Robert Windsor, who's been having an impact as well. He had a really good game against Michigan. So, you know, that, that defensive line, you know, Penn State is referred to as linebacker U. I don't think it's nearly as strong of a, a nickname as it used to be, right? Right now, mm-hmm. it, it's really the defensive line has actually been the, the stronger position consistently on a year to year basis for Penn State. And that's certainly is once again the case this year. Uh, so, you know, it, it, being able to have guys that can create pressure on the quarterback and slow down the running game, it really causes a lot of problems for a lot of the offenses they face so far. And it, this has been we were talking about this a little bit ago when we did our other interview for this, uh, when I <laughs> was on your show. This has been a very strange series between these two, especially of late. Michigan State has won games they had no business winning. There's been weird games. There's been, like, massive blowouts out of nowhere. Like, has James Franklin been talking about that? Has anyone been talking about that this week, how this series is just kind of really strange? And and Michigan State has seemed to have Penn State's number a little bit of late, even in down years for Michigan State when they're not necessarily good. They seem to just somehow find a way to beat a good Penn State team. Has that been talked about at all, or is that just sort of – I know James Franklin loves to just focus on the present one game at a time, maybe more than anybody, but has that been brought up at all this week? You know what? I'm going to say that I was going to say that James Franklin's very good at focusing on whatever game is coming up yeah. that week, <laughs> and and that's always the public message. But I guarantee you, behind the, the closed doors and within the practices or the meeting rooms, I I can't imagine that they're not talking about this to some degree. You yeah. know, maybe maybe they don't spend a whole lot of time on it, but it has to be addressed because this is a program and a team that has had their number the last couple of years. So there's got to be a little extra motivation, and if the coaches aren't drilling that into some of these players, especially the guys that have been through some of those losses the last couple of years you know the, i think that that's a mistake because there guy there has to be a way to stay i'm not gonna say that they're not motivated to beat this michigan state team but i just feel like that has to be one of the messages being sent to the team during practices this week but it, it may not make its way to the press room and in, in the press conferences and mm-hmm. all that but yeah you know, it, it's drilled in their minds somewhere <laughs> between now and when they arrive in east lansing that that's uh, a yeah. team that they have to get by they are aware. <laughs> exactly. Sure they, they, are they know. Aware. They know. <laughs> uh, last question here. Um, Penn State's favorite in this game, uh, and it's, I think, a closer spread than a lot of people would have imagined. It's tough to go on the road in the conference and beat good teams. It just is. If there is maybe a path to an upset here for Michigan State, what does that look like from the Penn State perspective? Is it Clifford turning the ball over? Is that run game getting stuck in the mud? What does that sort of look like, do you think, where maybe there's like a, a, a trap for Penn State, something that they need to avoid to avoid the upset? It seems kind of uh, easy to say, but I really do feel like they have to get off to a fast start. They cannot afford to get off to a slow start because I fully anticipate that Michigan State, uh, given their last couple games that they played and the fact that they're home off a bye week, and I just feel like this is a, a terrible spot to get off to a slow start <laughs> if you're that Penn State offense. So the defense can probably you know keep the game within reach, even if Michigan State gets off to an early lead, but the offense has to find a way to get going. And that was that was a little bit of a problem in the Iowa game a couple weeks ago where the, the offense really struggled in the first quarter. But if they can get through the first quarter with the game within one score – I feel like they'll have a pretty decent chance to calm things down a little bit and start doing some of the things that they've been doing uh, this season. But, you know, falling behind double digits, 
I don't think it's entirely unrealistic to expect that that could potentially happen. And I'm not so sure that this is an offense that's ready for that situation in this particular spot. Mm, and it's it's just not a defense you want to be behind on two scores because exactly. when that happens, they love to turn it up and absolutely get after quarterbacks. And they just haven't had the chance to do that the last couple of weeks, <laughs> given the really great offenses they've played. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. That's a really important thing for Penn State to try to avoid that early surge. of It's a season-saving kind of game for Michigan State. So they might be throwing a big punch early, and Penn State's going to have to uh, avoid that sort of pitfall, if you will. He is Kevin McGuire. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. Give the people your Twitter handle and uh, how they can follow you and, and get your insight, because you don't just do Penn State either. You're all over the place. Yeah, I try to spread my wings as far as possible, and I try to put it all on my Twitter account at at Kevin on CFB is the Twitter account. Uh, I do write for NBC Sports and Athlon Sports. I'm actually I think I'm doing the game preview for this Penn State Michigan State game, so oh, if there you want to check go. that out, <laughs> I'll have that on AthlonSports.com probably by the time you're listening to this, if not soon after. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, I do. I try to do a bunch of different things, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I throw it all there for you guys in one convenient place. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. I appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. All right. Thanks so much to Kevin for joining the show. Apologies that my voice was a little robotic there. We were using uh, some recording software. And with this one, uh, I wanted Kevin to have the clean voice there. And it just sort of worked out that he was using the, the recording software and his mic came through really well. And I had to go over connection and internet connection. So that's sort of just how it worked out. But uh, really appreciative of Kevin for joining us for making some time good insight there definitely learned a lot about penn state after talking with him all right tomorrow we will be back with another episode of lockdown spartans full preview keys to the game how i think this sucker plays out michigan state's path to victory etc 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 so we'll do all that reminder to check in spartanswire.usatoday.com for the basketball preview uh, posts every single week. I've got analyzing the spread up there as well, and we've got different Penn State preview things there. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Uh, mailbag, 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 mailbag. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Email me your questions. Reminder to rate, view, and subscribe to the podcast. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.